All right. Well, yeah, I'm excited to yeah get to talk about something that I'm passionate about, and yeah, I think it's important for yeah this little church plant and. Yeah, that it's cool that God uses personal evangelism and our interactions with neighbors and friends and yeah, people in the community to to yeah grow his his church. Um, yeah, and I became a Christian in my early twenties. Um, yeah, it was initially my older brother. He was a believer. He became a believer in middle school. And yeah, I came home one night and he asked me what I thought about Jesus, and that was kind of what led me down that path. And he kind of challenged me to yeah consider the claims of Jesus and the Christian faith. Um, yeah, and I started going to church and prayed to God and read the Bible for the first time. And yeah, finally surrendered my life to Christ. And um, yeah, pretty soon after this, like a lot of new Christians, I was eager to share it with other people. Um, yeah, share this good, good news with other people, my friends, my family, uh, people I worked with, other students. Um, and I got, I got really into reading about evangelism and defending the faith and apologetics and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I'd read these stories about these well-known Christians and, you know, the typical airplane story of, a, of, of an evangelist sitting next to somebody. And um, by the end of the flight, they would have converted their neighbor sitting next to them. And I was like, wow, like, this is awesome. Like, I want to do this someday and I want to have these experiences. Um, but I'm sure you guys have had, same, had the same similar experiences as me is like it's clunky and awkward talking to people about this and it doesn't always go like the way it goes in books and in movies and yeah so I was like I would leave frustrated and kind of discouraged and um, yeah like why, why why can't I get this right um, and it still happens to me today I've been doing campus evangelism for a while and it doesn't always go great but yeah I hope I can share some of my experiences tonight and some of the things I've learned. I'm definitely not an expert, like Jacob <laughs> said, but yeah, hopefully, yeah, this will be encouraging for everybody. And it might just, it might even be review for a lot of people. Like this is just kind of common sense stuff, but hopefully it kind of stirs something in all of us. I know it does for me, even preparing for this. Uh, yeah, just the importance of, yeah, like Jacob's, Jacob said, it's a command to um, share the gospel with people and yeah, love, love the lost. Um, so before I get into the content, I thought I would just throw it out there of, yeah, what are some of your guys' personal roadblocks to evangelism or in general, what do you think are some things that hinder us in doing that? I don't know if y'all agree with me, but witnessing to family mm. is hard because they know your history and you know theirs and there's so much baggage, I guess from common history that it's hard to to kind of focus on that yeah. I would, yeah I would agree I, d I, I don't have much fear of sharing with students that I don't know <laughs> but my my own family yeah it trips me up for sure yeah anything else sometimes we feel we're really not quite prepared yeah. to do this to be ready to answer all the questions yeah <laughs> for sure yeah we can never know everything and every question somebody has for us, for sure. Yeah, talking about that, Claire, um, Anjanette used to have a professor, and, and I think that we all expect the hardest question that we don't have the answer to. Yeah. And your professor would say, chapter and verse. So that's a good way to respond if they, if they come up with something, you know, it's just so obscure. Yeah. Well, I've heard the Bible is. You say, well, chapter and verse. 
Where is that? And they don't know where it is. Yeah. So, you know, that takes a lot of the pressure off. Yeah, that's a good point. It goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we have a concordance. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. Anything else? Yeah. I think it's so difficult to, to change my mindset from the focus being on me because when I am like that, it's, it's all about my fear of rejection and then I'm paralyzed and I'm thinking, it's not about me. <laughs> yeah. Right? If I can just let that go and just step out and just whatever happens, happens. And it's God's book to worry about, not mine. Yeah. I don't need to be fear. It's not that they're rejecting me. They would be rejecting him, but that's not me. Yeah. So, so yeah, that fear of rejection and that, that, that wrong mindset. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Just an organic way to communicate. Yeah. To even get the conversation started. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's often yeah, the hardest part. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that's all good. Yeah, I can relate to all those things. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to get into the content. And I thought, yeah, just like three questions I wanted to delve into. Um, yeah, number one, what is evangelism? Why do we evangelize and how do we evangelize? Um, and most of the content I got, two resources that I think that are good resources, um, The Gospel and Personal Evangelism by Mark Dever, and then Evangelism and, and the Sovereignty of God by J.A. Packer. So two short books, but have a lot of good stuff in them. So yeah, if you want to borrow them, let me know. All right, so number one, what is evangelism? So I think it'd be, yeah, it'd be helpful to get a good definition of what exactly that is. But first, I think there's a few things that we should talk about that are not evangelism per se. So these are good things and things that we should absolutely be doing, uh, but they're not exactly what we mean when we talk about evangelism. So the first thing, um, evangelism is not people seeing our character. Um, and what I mean by that is sometimes we'll hear people say that um, they would rather people see their, their Christian character than actually doing evangelism. Um, what they mean by this is they think that people will be so attracted to their lifestyle that then they'll want to be Christian. And hopefully that, that is true. Hopefully that, that does occur. But ultimately, we are going to have to open up our mouths and <laughs> share you know, what, what the gospel is if they, if they do ask us. So that's the first thing. Uh, next thing is evangelism is not having general spiritual conversations. Um, so having spiritual conversations can help us identify uh, where a person is at spiritually and help us navigate tor- forward in the hopes of sharing the gospel with them. Um, so a lot of the work I do with crew is spiritual conversations to get the ball rolling. So we do a lot of tools and outreaches to yeah, see where people are at spiritually and get their perspective on things. And yeah, it's a really good tool and good way to ultimately share the gospel with somebody. But yeah, just like the first one, we actually have to share the content of the gospel with somebody. All right. So then... If those two things are not evangelism, what exactly is evangelism? Um, And this is just, yeah, a definition. I thought it was a pretty good definition. Um, It says, In the power of the Holy Spirit, faithfully sharing the gospel message with the aim of seeking a response and leaving the results up to God. Um, Yeah, and I think that's just, yeah, it gets at the point of the message and then a call to response for somebody. All right, so the two examples of the things I said aren't evangelism— um, yeah, are missing the gospel message and a call to respond. Um, so the gospel we know is news. Um, so it's news that somebody needs to respond to. 
Um, so when we talk about evangelism, um, yeah, the two components there that we need are the content of the gospel and a call to respond. Um, and I thought, yeah, there's a lot of places in Scripture we can go to to kind of get a summary of the gospel, but uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 9 is a good place um, to look at for the content of the gospel. Um, would anybody want to read 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 9? Thanks, John. For I have delivered unto you as of first importance of also what I received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God in me. Whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. Now Christ is preached that not. I need to start this again. Now Christ is preached that He has been raised from the dead. How do some among you that say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith is also in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses to God because we testified against God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, for if in fact the dead are not raised. Thanks, John. Yeah, so yeah, Paul talks about this is first importance that yeah, Christ has died for our sins and then he, is, he died and was raised from the grave. So yeah, that's a yeah, helpful summary of yeah, the gospel. Um, yeah, and then I said the second part is a call to respond to this content or the message of the gospel. Um, in Mark one fifteen, Jesus says that we're to repent from our sin and believe the gospel. And we could, t- yeah, we could go into repentance and faith and what that looks like. Um, that could be a whole separate talk. Um, but yeah, I think that's good to just have a general understanding of what evangelism is. Um, and then later on, we'll talk about practically what that looks like in conversation. Um, so yeah, so before we go to the second point, any questions about that definition? Do you agree with it? Like it? Not like it? Or the things that aren't evangelism? What do you guys think? Yeah. When you were, or when we were reading it, um, with the aim of seeking a response. Yeah. That, the timeline would be a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just kind of highlighting, like, we, yeah, we would like, not, it doesn't have to be right then and there, but yeah, ultimately people have to make a decision for or, or not leaving this. Well, and where does the definition leave room for the gospel being passed along from one person, like, 
Like, we hear the gospel preached every Sunday, mm-hmm. and then we go out into the community, and we talk about the gospel or whatever, and then there's other people who may or may not come into other the lives. But it's like a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. So where is that? How do they work together? <laughs> what am I missing? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it can be. I think for some people, it it might happen right then and there that they might respond to the gospel. And that, I mean, I I didn't. I had to hear it multiple times. But I think ultimately, we yeah, we all do have to make a response to that. So I think that's yeah. I think that's kind of talking about yeah, one on one conversations. Like, we, yeah, we want to offer them Christ and and have them respond. But we're not doing it in a man, manipulative way. Where like you have to say yeah, you know, I yeah. Uh, one student I, I shared the gospel with last year, he had never grown up in church or heard any of like this Christian language that I was saying. And, and he was really honest. Like he just, I asked him like, what do you think about this at the end? And he's just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have, yeah, I need, I need time to think about this. So I actually had, I had to just go through the, you know, this gospel booklet with him like four times that semester just for him to kind of grasp it at all. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. The results are up to God. Yeah. Us. Yeah. Yeah. It's our job he to. He asks us to be faithful in sharing the gospel. Yeah. But it's his job to bring. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Not ours. Yep. Yeah. We can we just, just we can be faithful sharing it, but yeah, it's not up to us. So, yeah. And that's comforting to me. <laughs> but it's not up to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead. What is important to remember, I think, this is this is like the umbrella of all the evangelism, and it's not. We've already said this. It's not going to come from one place, mm-hmm. right? There's going to yeah. be seeds planted here and there, here and there. But if evangelism as a whole, if we have these two goals in mind, then they're going to. I mean, God's going to put people in their lives. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, let's go on to the second point then. So why should we evangelize? 
Um, yeah, and I think there's strong biblical support for, yeah, it's not, it's our duty to evangelize. Um, and then we'll also talk about some of the, the means in which God brings people to faith. So yeah, the famous great commission commission passage. Yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty clear of, yeah, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and son, and the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I am with you. Um, I am, I am with you always to the end of the age. So yeah, that's yeah, our responsibility there. Um, and then this passage, Romans 10, 14 through 15. Um, yeah, it's just kind of talking about God's providential means of, of how he accomplishes that. Um, Paul says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? So yeah, just getting at that importance of yeah, God uses us and the means in which he uses us is the preached word and proclaiming the gospel. And yeah, we get to be a part of that and what he's doing. And I really like this, this quote by J.I. Packer from that book. Um, this is what he says. While we must always remember that it's our responsibility to pro proclaim salvation, we must never forget that it is, God, it is God who saves. It is God who brings men and women under the sound of the gospel, and it is God who brings them to faith in Christ. Our evangelistic work is the instrument that he uses for this purpose. But the power that saves is not an instrument. It is in the hand of the one who uses the instrument. So yeah, just really highlighting that balance of our responsibility, but yet yeah, it's ultimately God who, who brings people to faith. Um, so yeah, um, I'll add to that. Yeah, we, we evangelize because we want to see people come to faith. Like that's, I think we all want to see people come to faith, people that we know, people we don't know. Um, that's a noble calling. Um, but I don't think that's our ultimate end to evangelization. Um, I think our main purpose is the glory of God. Um, when we make it about um, the conversion of non-Christians, um, it can kind of warp our thinking into, into thinking it's all about me and what I'm doing, um, how many people I'm bringing to Christ, how many, how many, <laughs> what things I'm doing wrong. Um, I'm not seeing any, any uh, fruit from my efforts. Um, it really starts to become results-driven um, and focus on what I'm doing. Um, so instead, yeah, I believe our evangelism should be um, about glorifying God. We get the op opportunity to glorify God and presenting him as, as beautiful and worthy and merciful um, and righteous to undeserving people like me and you. Um, so yeah, so this should be our task in evangelism, glorifying God by joyfully obeying his call um, to help others know him. Um, in Dever's book, um, he gives three reasons for why we should evangelize. Um, yeah, we've already kind of talked about uh, the first two about obeying God and loving God. Um, but the third reason, um, he talks about the love for the lost. And I think I can overlook this sometimes. Um, and I think we have to be really careful about not seeing people as our little evangelistic projects. Um, yeah, and I have to remind myself that, um, yeah, everybody is created in the image of God and um, God knows where they're at. Um, so yeah, my, my motivation should not be um, about anything selfish in my own heart, but it should be, yeah, a love for them and, and a desire to see them come to know God. Um, and I like this quote by uh, Dever. He says, uh, can you imagine being less excited about telling someone the infinitely better news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And yet too often we are, I am. Evangelism is a duty of the Christian and it is a duty born of love for others. And it's a privilege. 
All right, questions, comments about why we should evangelize before we move on? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm always thinking about that and mm-hmm. brought it up again. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so much about yeah, evangelize, evangelizing is just yeah, telling a better story like we have something better to offer the world and yeah. Anybody else? All right. So then last point then. So we talked about what evangelism is and why we should do it. But how do we do it? What methods? What tools? Yeah, practically speaking, what do we do? Um, yeah, and I know there's a lot of different methods and tools. Um, some I like better than others. Uh, but I think the yeah the important thing to remember is that um, sharing the gospel means that we are sharing a message. So yeah, there is specific content that we do need to get to. And yeah, I think the most helpful way I found in, in kind of summarizing, you know, the Bible is huge. So it's like, how do you summarize this whole thing to somebody that may or may not have ever read it or know anything about this. Um, and I just like kind of like the big four points that a lot of different people have used, whether it's uh, four spiritual laws or Romans Road or God, man, Christ response. Um, I think, the, yeah, these are just all helpful things and, and getting to the main point. And, and I think, yeah, most Christians should be able to do that with somebody um, that they know. And even uh, Packer uses the same method in, in his book. So I'll go through these. Uh, four points. So number one, the gospel is a message about God. It tells us who he is, what his character is, what his standards are, and what he requires of us, his creatures. Then number two, gospel. the gospel is a message about sin. It tells us how we have fallen short of God's standard, um, how we have become gu- guilty, filthy, and helpless in sin, and now stand under the wrath of God. Number three, the gospel is a message about Christ. Christ is the Son of God incarnate. Christ is the Lamb of God who died for sin. Christ is the risen Lord. Christ is the perfect Savior. And that last point, number four, the gospel is a summons to faith and repentance, um, a turning from sin and trusting in the perfect Savior. Um, And I think it's really important, too, that if you are going through those four points or something similar like that, to to open up your Bible and, and, yeah, use some passages that correlate to those points. Uh, Deanna, I don't know if you remember the... The crew, the crew knowing God personally booklets. Yeah, it's like we teach our students just to read directly from the book and read the verses and just believe, yeah, the word of God is powerful and it's, yeah, it can do more than I can do just kind of off the cuff making up my own thing. So, yeah, open up the Bible with somebody and, yeah, I think that's really important. Um, yeah, but I think we've already mentioned it. It sounds easy enough, but it's hard transitioning to the gospel. It's hard to call somebody to respond to the gospel. Um, 
and I think going back to that first point of talking about the things that weren't exactly evangelism, I think those things are actually important, though, to get to the gospel, um, what people call pre-evangelism. Um, yeah, asking good questions and being a good listener, um, inviting someone to church and then talking about the sermon with them, um, asking somebody if they have a spiritual background and how that was, what they you know, learned when they grew up, um, asking someone, yeah, where they find hope in the world or what's wrong with the world. Um, I think these are great things to do to show that we love people. Um, and then, yeah, the gospel, when we do get to the gospel with them, it doesn't just come out of left field and we've built some relational trust with them. So, yeah, I think that's uh, really important. Um, and then in my experience, yeah, good questions, listening well. And then I like the transition phrase of, do you mind if I share what I believe with you? I think that's a really... <laughs> good thing to say. And yeah, it shows respect for them. And um, most people don't say, no, you can't share, share what you believe with me. And it gives you an opportunity to share what you believe. So that's a phrase I use often. Um, yeah. And then finally, um, talking about yeah, our response, it's hard yet yeah, to ask somebody to respond to the gospel. Um, yeah. And then one thing I found helpful is that just the realization that yeah, there's only two categories of people, those that are in Adam and those that are in Christ. Um, so yeah, number one, we're either living a life trusting in Jesus by faith to be our Savior, or we're trusting in ourselves for our own salvation, uh, whatever that might be in our, in our culture today. So yeah, just ask them what they think, they, where they think they are right now, which person do they think they are, and then uh, what person they want to be. And you'll be surprised. I know I've been surprised about, yeah, how honest people are with, with um, that question. Um, yeah, like we said, we can't know what's going on in somebody's heart right then and there. Um, it's, it might be really new. It might be scary to them. Um, but yeah, I just pray with them, continue to meet with them. And you might have to share it with them multiple times. Um, yeah, but I think it's just, yeah, really important to yeah, continue to, to talk about with them and follow up with them. Um, yeah, so whatever method you use or style you're using, um, I like Dever's points about, yeah, these reminders for us. He says to evangelize prayerfully, honestly, urgently, joyfully, biblically, and clearly. Yeah. Any uh, questions or comments on methods or, yeah, experience? you guys had any experiences doing this, tools or... Yeah. Like marriage, gender, morality. Mm-hmm. I mean, give a dinner with my colleagues at work. Yeah. I can immediately grab that to a religious conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those three topics are so hot button. I would mm-hmm. expect being involved yeah. with academic students. Yeah. You know, I would expect that's much more hostile. Mm-hmm. Than, you know, you're going to get the whole hate speech. You're right. I don't know. I've been in college for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's. Colleagues are probably a little more generally conservative than that, so I mm-hmm. you think know, you play right. on that. But I would think you would get a very, uh, it depends on, I don't know, yeah. you know, people are coming to you or you're just generally talking to students. Or... Yeah, I mean, I think, my like, on the college campus, it's definitely like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the word moral therapeutic deism. That's like <laughs> the number one religion I would say in the world is. 
um, there's some kind of higher power, some kind of higher power. I'm supposed to be good, nice to people, and I'm supposed to be happy. That's like our our religion for today. So it's like I don't I don't run into many atheists on campus. I've maybe a handful, but it's I believe in God. I just don't think I can know Him, and I can't be confident that the Christian God is true. So that's I'm sure that, that's probably not just the college campus. That's everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but then yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. It, it's hard though to people. Yeah, just want to talk about sex and yeah stuff like that. So yeah, for sure. Talk about asking a question, being a good listener, and be mine. I share what I believe to be. I just finished a book called Six Conversations about having impactful, meaningful conversations with people. And like talking about spiritual subjects was one of those like six conversations. Um, and I'm bad at that. <laughs> I'm bad at that with all of you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm bad at that even with me. Uh, but what struck me in this book is the author is a professor at Penn State. Uh, and uh, she shared about how uh, she'll ask that quite, she, she asks her spiritual questions all the time to people and she's surprised both at like, like you kind of said, mm-hmm. the uh, broader deism, like mm-hmm. people aren't afraid of the topic of spirituality no. in the way that I think, at least I think they would yeah. be, or most people would think they'd be. Um, but then something else that struck me that she said was, um, she asked this question, does it bother you that I talk about Jesus all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the setting she's in, she's never had someone go, no. Or, sorry, she's never had somebody go, yeah, I'd really like you to shout up. <laughs> like, yeah. please stop. Um, and that's that's pretty convicting for me, just with my general lack of engagement in that area. Yeah. Um, and so I, I see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm always surprised. Yeah, like, I hardly ever get... I mean, sometimes, like, students are busy and, like, going here and there, but, like, I hardly ever say, like, people, yeah, well, they want to talk about this stuff. And, they yeah, like, even if, like... I feel like the conversation didn't go that well. They like I get a lot of people that think, thanks for like talking about this with us. Like this is I like talking about these things. So yeah, I'm always surprised that people are open to talk about these things. Yeah, if we just yeah, I think show that we wanna hear from them and their experiences and yeah, be a good listener. So yeah. Yeah. I really like this last um input from from Deborah. So these six thinking of myself, um, and just the last few years at work, well, I remember the first time this happened with coworkers at school. Um, she was going through a really hard time, and I just, just out of the blue, didn't plan it, I said, can I pray for you? <laughs> and I grabbed her hand, and I prayed for her right then and there, um, shaking in my boots, <laughs> um, and of course, she didn't say no, and then God has brought me opportunities to do it again. Mm-hmm. Now, have I taken it farther and given the gospel message? No, <laughs> um, not always. But that's a huge. That's been a huge opener for me. Um, to, to 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 okay. So now they know that I pray. <laughs> yeah. Now that I know. Now they know that I have some kind of a belief and, and a faith, and, and it has opened up other conversations. But anyway, looking at these six words. I um I can I can point to three that I do pretty well, 
And three that I really enjoy about. But this, my brain is real simple. You know, things have to be simple for me to grasp them. And I really like that. Um, so now I know three that I need to work on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think. I've never had anybody um, tell me to stop asking them to come to church. Um, mm-hmm. Because we believe this is a place where that gospel, where they will encounter that gospel. Yeah. And, and we talk to people, and it's not me pressuring them, it's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the conviction in their heart where they know who God is. And yeah. They know they, they ought to, they, they are drawn to know Him, but they have pushed Him away. And so yeah. it's not me convicting them. Right. And so when I invite them to church, I in some ways, I think it might be a relief to them to say, okay, maybe this is my chance mm-hmm. to, to reconnect. Yeah. Or had anybody say, please stop asking me to church. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, another good, yeah. Please yeah, invite people to church because, yeah, we know, especially here, you guys that have been coming here, you know, like the gospel is going to be preached here and they're going to hear the gospel and, yeah, be able to respond to it every week. So, for sure. I think even just like communion every every week communion too is just such a like a powerful call to someone that may or may not you don't know where they're at and just week after week experiencing that and seeing that yeah just as a comment this would be the first time I've been in a reformed church that had a sermon on evangelism I really thought this was going to be more about the doctrine of election. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you can believe in both things that, yeah, it's very important to, yeah, no, yeah I mean, I just, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're passionate about evangelism here. <laughs> yeah. 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 
there are there are times that that happens. But yeah. Games aren't won that way. Games yeah. are won by like three yards and then yeah. five yards and then ten yards and then two yards and then three yards. And I might be sharing the gospel. I might I might just be like a three yard game. Mm-hmm. But it gets the person yep. closer. Yeah. And just just knowing that I'm not responsible to close the deal to make the sale. That's very yeah. Free. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, like I said earlier, like, I think like our culture is so biblically illiterate that it is. Yeah. I mean, for them to understand these things the first time it's I mean, God can do it. But yeah, it is. I didn't read. I didn't read the Bible until I was in my 20s. So it's like, yeah, I had to have somebody explain this to me like over and over again. So, yeah. I think... well, apologetics is, basically, if you, in my opinion, if you could get someone to say, how do you define truth? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the fundamental question right there. All of our answers could be God's word, right? Mm-hmm. I think most of society has a hard time answering that question. Yeah. Right? So uh, I, I think just getting them to ponder, yeah, how do I define truth? Yeah. And then you, know, you put out, mm-hmm. <laughs> here, here, this is the right. truth. And it's not just, you know, I'm a scientist, or you know, someone's technical. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, no, not all scientists believe. You know, right. that yeah. evolution and, and you know, uh, random chaos theory that right. just started. There's a lot of historical evidence uh, for why the Bible is yeah. true. And, you know, there's a million places mm-hmm. to send people yeah. to ponder that. Yeah. I think just what is true is get some stuff. Mm-hmm. And a co-worker once told me that there is no such thing as absolute truth. Just that. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, I think our world is like desperate for especially like young young people I see. They're desperate for answers and yeah, they're not everything is not fulfilling. So they're searching for stuff on YouTube in the wrong places. But yeah, I think there's definitely the the harvest is is plentiful, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Another thing that helps with that helps me with sharing the gospel with others is what Paul says in Romans one that everybody knows there's a God. Like this is not new. Like I'm not telling them something they don't already. Mm-hmm. Know. They might be suppressing right. the truth, yeah. but they, God has put eternity in their hearts. Yeah, and yeah. you just have to sometimes wake that up. I think that's true. I right. specifically told them that. I, personally, I believe you know deep inside somewhere that there is that God created this planet and that you are accountable to Him in some way. I mean, I don't know yeah. if that's effective or not, but yeah. I've not done that right. <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Do you want? Do you want me to wrap it up? Or? Okay, I'll pray for us and then. Okay, all right. Um, Father, yeah, thank you that yeah we're able to come together again this evening and praise you and um, yeah talk about the work that you've given us in evangelization and um, yeah just pray that we'd leave here with a heart for the lost and yeah maybe some courage and motivation to step out in faith to yeah talk to people have spiritual conversations um yeah talk to somebody that we might yeah not otherwise uh want to approach um yeah and just 
help us rely on the on the truth that yeah it's not it's not up to us to convert people but yeah it's just our job to yeah faithfully faithfully share your truth with people yeah and just pray um yeah that they would respond and um yeah just yeah just continue to pray for this church and pray for our efforts to um yeah reach this community and the campus and surrounding areas um yeah would our personal um evangelism be fruitful um but ultimately just faithful to what you have for us um yeah we ask all these things in jesus name amen